Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Cheese Steaks in the 700 Level Podcast. I'm Dylan Cowan Crowley. He's Austin Mancini. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Thanks for finding us and checking us out. If you're a returning listener, well, thank you for coming back. Uh, today's episode, we're just going to be talking about the Phillies. We're about almost, I guess, a month? three weeks into the season. Yeah, almost a month. Uh, yeah, almost a month here into the season. Phillies sit 8-7. and seven. In the NL East, um, uh, well, eight and seven overall, second in the NL East, but they do have some games on hand right now in the first place, New York Mets. But Austin, last time we talked about the Phillies, it was the weekend after uh, the first series against the uh, Braves. Since then, the Phillies played the Mets, uh, the Braves again, and the Mets again. Uh, now they just beat the Cardinals in two of three games. Uh, Aaron Nola today pitched an absolute gem, nine innings pitched, two hits, ten strikeouts, no walks, his first career complete game, his first career shutout as well. Um, but um, what what has, have been your overall feelings on the Phillies here over the last 11 games they've played since that opening weekend? Um, I mean, my overall thing, I mean, I guess positive wise is just, um, I mean, Zach Eflin's look great. You know, the first three have looked actually pretty, pretty good. Um, besides that, it's really just center field's a big problem. Yeah, center field. I mean, let's just start there. Um, <laughs> center field. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a major issue already. And, it's one of those issues I think you can't let be an issue for much longer. I mean, you give Mickey Moniak right now the chance over the next couple of days to see what he has. If he doesn't show you anything over the next two weeks, I think you have to seriously consider going out and finding a center fielder for the remainder of this season. Um, I mean, Let's start with the obvious here. Roman Quinn is not the answer. Um, he's not even like I don't even know. He's not even a bench. He's not. He's not a major. He's not even the question. Player. He's not even the question. He's not even the prompt. He's not the answer. When you go one for twenty three, and you have fifteen strikeouts, Dylan, you and I can do that. I, I'll yeah. get paid to do that. I'll get paid hundreds of thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, he in the past, he's shown the inability to hit. I mean, over the last two seasons in 2019, 2020, he was hitting 213 uh, with 46 hits and 216, a bad 73 strikeouts. So it's not like we didn't know he was a bad hitter, but he is hitting all-time low this year. His OPS plus is negative 15. I didn't even I have, know you can have a negative like that. I have never seen a player with <laughs> now. Yeah, I've never seen a player with an OPS plus in the negatives. That is truly, truly remarkable. That's impressive. I, yeah, that's impressive. That's not. I'm not even as Ron Burgundy D would say. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's it is. Yeah, I'm. 
the strikeouts right now are unbelievable. I mean, how many does he have, you said? 15? 15. 15 strikeouts. In 23 of your at-bats, you've struck out 23 times. Yeah, you just... Oh, you I reversed them, but... You can't really... You, uh, you can't survive with that much longer coming out of center field. And I think the Phillies after today are like 0 for 23, over 26 in their last uh, – for at center field over the last few games. I mean, they've gone almost an entire week without a hit from a center fielder. Well, and, and it's not even just like the center field as a whole. Like if you were to put that at any position, you know, like you can't have that in the lineup. It, it it doesn't matter who that is, if it's shortstop, and you know, let's say for some reason it was Didi, Didi's, you know, O for fifteen, and then you put in, let's just say Scott Kingery was in, you know, or on the team, and he goes O for eight. Like you can't, you can't have that in the lineup because it's it's a second automatic out, the first being the pitcher. Uh- Absolutely, 100%. I mean, and we're not even including Adam Hazley in this, who, like, and it's hard to, hard to talk about, like, what he brings because we, one, don't know how serious whatever this issue is that's keeping mm-hmm. him off the field. But, Clearly, it's got to be something serious if, if they won't even put a timetable on it. But, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that is the biggest concern. Like, hopefully – like and it's uh, like I don't even want to say hopefully, but I mean, I hope it's something that is manageable and not something too serious. I know, like we had the obviously Oscar Lindblom had cancer last year. I like that. That would be worst case scenario if he's and not that mental Ill, mental stuff is not important or anything like that, but. I almost hope it's something more mental mm-hmm. related with baseball than it is Physical. other health yeah. reasons. Um, or, but who, we don't know. We don't know. And, We're even, not gonna... and even going into like spring training, we weren't, yeah, we thought like center field might be an issue, you know, because you're hoping Adam Hazley or Scott Kingery or somebody, you know, kind of takes that job. But it, it was more focused bullpen because of just, the obvious reasons, you know, is just, yep. it, it was that bad. And now all of a sudden Roman Quinn doesn't know what a bat is. And like you said, Adam Hazley out indefinitely and no one knows what Mickey Moniak is. Yeah. Um, but my original point of Hazley was going to be, even when he was playing this year, he was not performing as well. He was hitting one ninety. No. uh, a, he, a yeah, one ninety and one ninety on base percentage. He had no walks and twenty one at bats. Um, you just can't accept that out of your two center fielders when they had him and Quinn on the roster. Uh, but yeah, we don't know what Moniac is, and it's also hard to put that much weight on a rookie's shoulders. Saying, "Hey, well, I, it's not even that much weight," but you're asking right now a lot more out of him than you've been getting out of that position. Yeah, and I mean, I know he was the like you said, he was the number one pick. He's a rookie, but like this, it's almost like tying Dombrowski's hands to go do something. 
Yes. We like we just Oh for twenty three is so bad. It, it, it's and granted, you're not going to go oh for fifty, or you cool. hope you know you're not. You're eventually it'll probably even out, but I mean, you can't wait and see. Uh, exactly, exactly. And we won't get into possible trade candidates. Later. There's a couple guys out of the Phillies could go get, but yeah, I mean, if we don't see turnaround in the position by the end of the month. I think going into May, you have to seriously start considering going out and trading for somebody. Uh, so, because my worry is the longer this goes on, that's like you said, two automatic outs almost. And you're if you want to stay in this race for the entire season, you're going to need upgrade center field. Well, not only that, it's not just center field. I mean. We can go to the next guy who sure. Matt Moore. He's he's struggling just as bad as Roman Quinn. I mean, he's zero and one with a nine point eight two ERA and a WHIP of two point three six four. And I know I'm not expecting him to have a sub two or sub three ERA, but I mean Chase Anderson, who's our fifth starter, has has a four point zero ERA. I mean. I'll take that, but 9.82. Uh, I agree. I mean, <laughs> I know Girardi already said Matt Moore is going to make his next start, but again, and I don't think Spencer Howard's the answer. I don't think Spencer Howard's necessarily ready to be a starting pitcher in the MLB. And I'm not sure I want him being making starts in a season where the Phillies could contend for a playoff spot right now when you don't know what he is, but you, I think if he doesn't show something in this fourth start, you have to go find a, yourself a number uh, four pitcher or move Anderson up to four and get a new number five pitcher. Yeah. And I know people are saying, like, Cole Hamels is out there, but here's the thing about any guy you go and sign. They haven't pitched. They haven't pitched. You're going to need a month at least. And that's to get that arm stretch. And out. it's not like, it's not like, um, football where there's one game every Sunday there's that's what probably 20 games yeah at least exactly and and the other thing with that is yeah sure and people will say well they, they're definitely thrown at home and stuff like yeah but there's a lot different between throwing bullpens and throwing live action yeah I mean Sure, you could throw 90 pitches in a bullpen, but you can't simulate the adrenaline or any of the situations realistically that you'll face in a game. No, and and you know when we spoke with Tim Kelly, the, you know, we we brought up the the back end of the rotation and um you know, he was he was fairly confident that, you know, that we it would be serviceable, but like I don't even think he thought that Matt Moore would have a 9.82 ERA almost a month into the season. And for comparison, Chase Anderson, who's making his third start, I believe will be tomorrow on Monday when this goes up. So today um, he's owned one with a 4.0 ERA and a whip of 1.11 through two starts. I mean, the ERA, yeah, it's four. And, but at the same time, and, for me, a four or five, if your ERA is 4.5 or below, it's fine. 
<laughs> yeah, nine point eight two. Uh, it's unacceptable. A uh, nine point eight two. It is, absolutely is. Um, but while with more struggling, you're gonna need a guy like Chase Anderson there at the number five mm-hmm. spot to be able to eat innings uh, as long as you keep more because I don't think you can trust whatever you're getting out of more right now and. Anytime more pitches, the bullpen is likely to go at least five or six innings. Yeah. I mean, like Matt Moore has taken the Vince Velasquez spot in the in the starting rotation. And I would rather Vince Velasquez <laughs> out there. Who just didn't he just get shelled too? Yeah, he did not look good on <laughs> Saturday night. I mean, I think he was fun actually. I think JoJo Romero. Yeah, and Matt Moore yeah. got shelled. JoJo got shelled. Um, yes, Saturday JoJo got absolutely shelled. But um, I mean, I, we're not the only ones who see this. You know, Dave Dombrowski uh, definitely, you know, probably is aware, and obviously Joe Girardi is aware. But um, we can move on if you want to uh, some positives because sure, the Phillies absolutely. do. Phillies do have a couple of those. The top one being um, today, that would be Sunday, April 18th, Aaron Nola with the gem, nine innings, two hits, 10K, zero walks. Yeah, I mean, this was uh, ju- what a performance by him, the best performance of uh, out of him that we've seen maybe ever. It's surely up there. I mean, his first career complete game, first career com- complete game shutout, 10 strikeouts, no walks. I mean, unbelievable performance. And it was it, one of those bleeding, stopping performance by him. The Phillies, let's be honest, since their 5-1 and one start to start the season, they haven't been great. They've lost um, six of eight, I think. Yeah. Six of eight. Yeah, because they've got yeah, so they needed this one big time uh, today uh, to get them back on the right foot. It continues their hot play at home. They're now seven and two at home. Um, but yeah, after last night's performance out of the uh, out of Matt Moore and Jojo Romero with the bullpen pitching, I think five innings. Um, you needed this type of performance out of Nola. And it calmed down the whole Aaron Nola isn't an ace uh, crowd, to say the least. Yeah, and I mean, not only that, he did it with without the run support. You know, yeah, like two, two runs. Yeah, two runs isn't isn't ideal in any shape or form. I mean, obviously, it got the job done, but I mean, with when you're up to nothing, you need your pitcher to be on his game like that. And sure enough, Aaron Nola did. And not only that, I think it helped the bullpen a little bit, giving them, you know, a day's rest. Yeah. I think it's going to be greatly beneficial for the bullpen because they, that bullpen has been taxed a little more than you would like over the course of the last week or so, because um, I mean, it's over a week now, but you had Aaron Nola and, Zach Wheeler struggled down there in Atlanta, needing the bullpen for both games quite a bit. Or, I mean, maybe it was no, no, Nola, not Atlanta. Nola struggled 
struggled against the Mets, I think, in his last uh, yeah. start before the road trip. Um, but yeah, the, the starting pitching has struggled a bit over the last week or so, and it, the bullpen's been taxed quite a bit. So getting a nice nine-inning complete game out of Noah was big here. Yeah, and the other guy in the starting um, starting rotation too that's been very well doing very well, and I know I, I briefly mentioned it is Zach Eflin. He's two and zero, three point one four ERA. He has sixteen strikeouts through twenty innings. Dylan. Yeah, Zach has shown everything I was hoping for this year. I mean, we talked about it coming into the season. If he could build on what he showed last year, it was going to be huge for the Phillies and. So far, he's done that. He's looking like a strong, consistent number three pitcher with who every couple games, like he did on Friday, can't pitch like a number one pitcher. He's not going to do that every game, but every five or so starts, you're going to get a gem out of Zach Eflin. And you don't need him to do it every start. You know, you don't need, you know, if you can get that, you'll take it. And I mean, his biggest issue too is just if he can, it's just about health. Yeah. Staying healthy is going to be huge for him. And really, it comes down to his knees. His knees have been uh, an issue in the past. But um, so over the last three years, he's been pretty well, not three years, but the last two years plus this year so far. uh, It's been so far so good. I know we're only through three games this year, but. Over the over 2019 and 2020, he made 43 starts or 43 played into 43 games, 38 starts. Um, but yeah, so far this year, he's looked uh, just tremendous. 16 strikeouts and two walks. You'll take that. He has given up three home runs uh, after only giving up eight last year. But um, I'm okay surrendering three home runs if he's going to only walk two and give up only seven hits or 17 hits. Uh, in 20 innings. I mean, that's still under uh, one whip. So, Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I'm I'm really impressed with what I've seen just as a oh, whole. Oh, he's looked, you know, he's looked like, absolutely phenomenal. And even last year as a fifth, like he, he, wasn't he a little rocky in the beginning? And then he pitched well and then got hurt. Let me, I, let me look. I, if I remember correctly, he that that was the case. But I mean, it, it's good to see him get on. You would this. be correct. You'd be okay. correct. Okay, I'll see. My my memory never fails me. But I mean, if you look at it, like if he's going to come out of the gates like this, and if he can continue this, uh, it's a solid one, two, three with him, Nola, and uh, Wheeler. If they can just get that number four slash five figured out, you know, if they move Anderson up or what, they're in, they're in better shape. And um, I know there have been a couple other guys, even in the bullpen, that have stepped up as well. Um, now that especially Archie Bradley um, has been hurt. Yeah, Archie. That that's. I feel like we're gonna feel that loss. Um, in the upcoming weeks there, this bullpen has been absolutely phenomenal so far, but it's not going to last at this pace. At least I I think it will continue to be strong, but it's truly been phenomenal. Uh, 
but the two guys who are going to have to step up in replacing of Bradley are also two of the really bright spots so far this season in Connor Brogdon and Jose Alvarado. Yeah, and Brogdon, I know, I believe he came up last year at the end of the year and and looked and looked decent. But I mean, he's looked he's looked tremendous. And I know Jose Alvarado, Dylan. I know how much you love him and his his control. But I mean, they've combined for twelve and a third innings, seven hits, one run, four walks, and seventeen strikeouts in in twelve innings is incredible. Yeah, Alvarado. The biggest concern has always been <laughs> can he control where the ball is going to go because his stuff is amongst the best in the majors when he's on. And so far this season, he's been on. I mean. Uh, six games played. He's two and zero. Brogdon's three and zero. Um, but Alvarado five point two innings pitched. Uh, ten strikeouts to two walks. Hasn't given up a home run yet. Only given up four hits. Uh, th- and a strikeout per nine of fifteen point nine. Um, if they can get that from him all year, the Phillies will be fine in the back end of the bullpen. But Brogdon, I mean, the one. Pitching performance that got me excited about him was that performance up in New York. Uh, I think it was during the doubleheader. He loaded the bases, I believe it was, and then got out of the inning mm-hmm. without giving up a run. It, it was truly. And that takes poise. It takes poise. And to only be in your second season, in your probably four. 14th or so career game and be able to do something like that is it shows guts. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about what he could be over the course of the season because right now he's looking like a potential elite arm out of the pen. It's early to say, but I think that's his upside, but also give credit to Sam Coonrod only a 1.59 ERA in five games. And I know people don't love this next name, but he's pitched well, and that's Hector Neris. You know, and and I think I touched on this uh, last time. The issue is just he makes things interesting. He puts a guy on base, then this, you know, and he can't. it can't just be a smooth sailing one, two, three most of the time. And I know most guys aren't going to get, you know, always a one, two, three, but it would be nice to see it a little more consistently. But yeah, Hector Neris has, has gotten the job done. I mean, he's not, he, he's not blowing leads or anything. So, I mean, at this point you'll take it. I know at one point last year we were calling for his head. Yeah. Last year he was, it was tough. He pitched himself to a 4.57 ERA, but I mean, the big thing about the la- this season, this year so far, in 31 games, he has yet to allow a home run dating back to last year. He he is walking a lot. He's mm-hmm. walked 16 guys in his last 31 games. But that's only including three guys so far this year. Um, is he a guy you want to turn the ball over to in the ninth inning every day? No. Is he serviceable? I would say so. I think if they are going to try to make a run, they have to upgrade catcher. But 
catchers. Uh, uh, dude, dude, that's disrespectful to Andrew Knapp. Disrespectful, the best backup catcher in baseball. Best, no, best um, catcher in baseball. I think they do need an upgrade closer down the road. But until then, I think Hector can get you through most yeah. of the season. Well, and I think part of it is that he – I, like he hasn't allowed home runs, but a lot of the times, like if you watch, he throws that sinker low. And I've noticed that even last year, people weren't swinging at it because that thing's going to drop. Yeah. Every time. So if it's at the knees, it's not going to rise. It's it's going to be a ball. And I think people are starting to learn that. And I think people have known he's not the long-term answer, but we haven't really like – We've had so many other holes on this team that closer wasn't the concern because we weren't really in a position where we were winning games and like we needed that guy to make sure to seal it. Agreed. And I think I think they'll probably even likely look in um in house before they go Vinny um, Velasquez. Yes, Vinny Velasquez for closer. Um, I, I think they'll look in-house before looking at ex- external options there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy like a uh, Jose Alvarado. Yeah, he could be. He, he could be. I mean, he's, he's kind of, at this point, the stereotypical build for a closer. You know, the hard-throwing uh, guy like the, uh, Chapman. Yeah, the only problem with Alvarado would be if he gets wild, you're basically kind of just throwing a Hector Nares with better stuff out there. I mean, listen, Hector Nares has been pretty, like you just said, pretty good so far. So if uh, Hector Nares had better stuff, then <laughs> you're going to be complaining. I, I won't be complaining. As long, as long, I mean, I as long, I don't need a closer to go perfect. No, it's nice season. to see. Brad Lidge. Hey, I, if they go perfect, <laughs> I I'm never nobody's ever going to complain. But I I mean, what what would be a good save percentage? Um, maybe eight out of every ten save attempts. Yeah, yeah. That means if you get forty attempts over the course of a year, you're making. What would that be? You're gonna make me do math. Thirty-two saves. Um, yeah. Thirty-two okay. saves isn't it, hard. It, no, eight blown saves maybe seem like a lot, but you if you get forty save opportunities, give me thirty-five saves and I'll be happy. Yeah. So, I mean, eight eight sounds like a lot, but I feel like it's not. Because think, think about it, it if you if you win eighty games or so, or eighty-five games in a season. Like yeah, uh, I d- yeah, that could make a difference. Like it, it, but at the same time, you you know those are thirty two w- saves that you had. I agree. I, I agree. I think. I think it also depends how those saves are blown. Correct. And when, and all that. I, I think it comes down situational. And how good your team is. Like, now there's one other uh, bright spot, Dylan. What bright spot is that? Well, a guy who we tried to kind of run out of town last year, saying he was washed and he's done, 
He's playing very good baseball this year. Would that be one June Segura? Yeah. What, what do they call him? Jimmy Cigarettes or something? Jimmy Six. I don't even know what that means, what it's from. but it, Because uh, during one Phillies telecast, uh, maybe last year, um, there was a caption when somebody was talking about Segura, and it said Jimmy Siggs. Oh, my. Um, but, I mean, he's batting three thirty three this year, seven runs, five RBIs. That's not that many. The runs isn't that many. But, I mean, if you're batting three thirty three, I'm not going to complain, especially what last year at one point he was, like, two, batting two twenty or something. Like, he was, he was playing very bad baseball. Actually, after today, he's hitting 352. Oh, my. See, look at that. 352. And I think what his, he was, for the most part in his career, around 300. Yeah, he had a stretch there. I'm not sure how many seasons. I want to say three or four consecutive seasons where he hit above 300. And and look, I'm not, I'm not expecting him to do that. No, not... But if, even if he bats 260, 270, I'm I'm thrilled with it. And and what he's doing too is, you know, I know Reese is I think sh- struggling a little bit. If I'm not mistaken, he struggled a tiny he, he's, bit. Like he's, he's calmed been, down a little bit from yeah, the he's, he's gotten in a lull here. Um, yeah. I mean, look, was, oh, that might, was like go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that might make Gene kind of you know force the hand of Joe Girardi and just move him up. No, yeah, I mean, and to go off that, I would honestly start thinking, I know he doesn't have great speed, but neither does Andrew McCutcheon, but with Andrew McCutcheon's struggles right now and the way Segura's seeing the ball, I would honestly consider putting Segura at number one mm-hmm. over the next couple games just to see how it works out because he, I don't think he's washed yet, but I'm getting concerned that Andrew McCutcheon is... Yeah getting a little bit I don't want to say old but well it's a shame too because because I do think the ACL has something to do with it. Yeah, I I I think he has clearly not been the same guy since coming back from the injury. He's this season 8 for 47 just uh he has one triple and one home run, 5 RBIs, 13 strikeouts. He's still walking a lot, which is the reason they haven't batted number 1, but his struggles are a bit concerning. Yeah. And um, real quick to go back to your, um, your Gene Segura uh, batting 300. He batted 294 in 2013. He then from 2016 to 2018, he batted 319, 300, 304. And then the following year he batted uh, 280. But, Hey, I'll take it. And even in fact, last year, even though it felt like a bad season by him, he ended up batting two sixty six. Yeah, which I mean, that is uh, uh, that it's good enough for me. <laughs> I mean, he's not your top of the order type guy. So for a guy hitting between six and eight most nights, I'll take that. Yeah, and and. Who knows? Maybe he gets put to two, you know, because just because of how he's hitting, you know, you might need to adjust some things and just play the hot hands. And I know Bryce, 
Bryce has hit a couple doubles um, lately. He had that moonshot. Absolutely. I went back and looked. That ball went exactly where he hit that um, grand slam walk-off, by the way. Yeah, it did look familiar, and I, I actually didn't think about that, but now you bring it up. Yeah, it, um, it was pretty damn similar. Um, yeah, Bryce, he needed that home run today. And I feel like that's weird to say just two weeks into the season, but he needed that home run. He, he's been hitting the ball really well this year. I mean, almost 50% of his balls are hard hit, um, count as hard hit balls. Uh, he's barreling up a lot of balls, hitting a lot of balls in the sweet spot, uh, and he's just missed three or four home runs. Uh, so you're talking about a guy who could already have six or seven home runs this year. Um, and you could tell it's been annoying him that he's m- just missed a couple. Maybe it's but the he, back. Uh, I mean. He missed a game for it or whatever that was. So it, it could maybe maybe it is. Uh, uh, I feel like I feel like the night game because while it's been quite warm in the region or the last couple of weeks during the day at night, it's been getting quite cool. So I wonder if uh, the the cooling down during the night has uh, took some juice out of the ball uh, to go along with the balls being deadened by Major League Baseball anyway, but. Yeah, I feel like we're about to see Bryce go on a little bit of a tear because he's been hitting the ball hard all season and uh, just missed a few. So if he if he starts getting, uh, I feel like with it's starting to heat up and the night's getting a little warmer, he's gonna. We're about to see some balls flying. Yeah, and I mean, it, it would do nothing else but help. I mean, I know JT's been playing well and. Um, Alec Bohm, even though he hasn't had like home runs, really. I mean, runners in scoring position. That dude, situ- situationally, dude get you know always comes up with that clutch hit. Always. Yeah. So if Bryce, so if Bryce, you know, if Bryce can start putting it together, then you have your three, four, five coming along, and. Um, I mean, like you said, McCutcheon's getting on base, just not hit-wise. So maybe, just maybe, if Bryce starts putting it together, instead of winning 2 nothing, you know, you are you might see a little more run support for these pitchers and they might not have, have to just carry. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do think we're going to see the lineup start turning itself around. I mean, the lineup hasn't been terrible, no. but it hasn't been great. I mean... Yeah, I'm looking at the starters here. Uh, outside of Roman Quinn and Andrew McCutcheon, your starting lineup is getting on base. The power just hasn't been there yet. They have quite a few doubles, but you're not seeing a lot of triples and you're not seeing a ton of home runs yet. Um, and those are going to come in time. That being said, I think it's clear that they're going to have to add somebody on the bench as well. I mean, man, man, nobody on the bench is hitting higher than 222. Nope. Too bad Jay Bruce retired. I know. He, he, he would have been perfect for this, this team, I think, this year. <laughs> We've been Matt Stairs. Oh. But I, 
that's the problem is I don't think there's anybody off this bench right now that can come in and provide you power. Oh, that wasn't that just, wasn't a negative Matt Stairs. I'm just saying at this no. point in his career, he would have been Matt Stairs. But yeah, I, I agree. I agree. But that's why he would also be good. Like, okay. So Quinn, Hazley, or Moniac when Hazley returns. Out of those three, none of them provide power. Uh, Hazley actually has a worse hard hit rate than Quinn. Matt Joyce has some pop, but he's not consistent enough to show it. Um, Andrew Knapp, not consistent enough. Brad Miller, not really a consistent power hitter either. And Ronald Torres has no pop. So where are you getting in the late hit home run? Late, sorry, late, late in the game, home run off the bench. You're you're not. I mean, just flat out, none of these none of these guys are power. They're more so just get on base and you know this and that. Like they're not gonna rip one into the night like Matt Stairs. So I think that's another place the Phillies will have to upgrade here over the next couple months. Um, as we wrap this up, the Phillies are heading into a three game series with the San Francisco. Giants, meaning the one and only Gabe Kapler returns to Philadelphia for the first time since getting ousted. Uh, standing ovation, right? Season, yeah, definitely, definitely standing <laughs> ovation. Um, I'll be there Tuesday night. Um, I, I think the Phillies definitely have to take two or three here against the Giants. Um, do you agree? Yeah, I think they need a sweep. Um, no, I'm I'm usually one of those that like, unless it's a divisional rival, if I'm I'm pretty content with two of three. You know, like if you're winning two of three almost every single series, then you're you're a playoff team. No, I mean that's kind of common sense, but yeah, absolutely, I agree. Uh, so, got the Giants off day Thursday, and then they go out to Colorado for three. And I think with the Rockies being as bad as they are right now, you have to take two or three of that from that as well. And that would be big because it's on the road. They've struggled on the road of the last two seasons. You can, again, some momentum away from CBP would be uh, definitely important here in this second road trip coming up because they got three in Colorado, Colorado, and the next week they have four um, in St. Louis. Yeah, and Colorado – hasn't been that good if i remember no they are they are pretty bad so far right so so hopefully they can take an advantage take advantage of a team like colorado and rockies are just 4 and 12 right so hopefully they take advantage of a team like that um going on the road and like you said about the about the giants you know you take two or three from there and you start building some momentum before you coming back home but um, the one thing, too, I just thought of uh, go, just real quick going back to the bench is like I can't I'm I've been Googling right now. I can't find anything about Scott Kingery. Yeah, Kingery, I think I think I won't be surprised if they calm up soon because of center field. Well, and uh, that was going to be the th- was at least either center field or a bat off the bench or someone can go to the bench then. But I mean, yeah. I can't but I really even think they like, do you know what he's doing in, in minor leagues right now? 
Yeah, right now he's just really working on his swing. I know the Iron Pigs don't start playing games for oh, a while okay. still. That's but, why I can't put anything. Yeah, I, I think they're, they tr- they want to keep him down as long as they can to work on that swing. Unless Moniac continue, if Moniac struggles here uh, over the next two weeks, then maybe they bring him up. But I know they want to get him as much uh, we're going to swing. Yeah. yeah. Or the next couple of weeks as possible. Gotcha. Uh, but as we wrap this up, Phillies sit today at eight and seven overall, which puts them a game out of the NL East behind the seven and four Mets. Phillies do have those games in hand over the Mets, like I said, but I, I I've seen a lot of people freak out on Twitter and we're 15 games in the season, but you look around the league, uh, Austin, and I mean, Phillies are eight and seven. The Braves are six and nine. They're they're crushing the Cubs right now, so it'll be seven and nine after tonight. Washington's five and eight. Uh, the best team in the NL Central right now is the Cincinnati Reds at nine and six. Everybody else is either eight and seven, seven and eight, or a little bit below five hundred. In the West, the Giants. The NL West right now is the best division in baseball. Dodgers are 13-3, Giants 9-6, San Diego 10-7. But you look at the American League, I mean, nobody's running away with anything right now. Well, not only that, look at the first team I thought of when you when you started bringing the, uh, the standings. The Yankees are 5-10. and 10. Yeah. We're starting Yankees history since 1997. And I'm sure Yankees fans are pissed off right now, but the, the season is so young. <laughs> right. And the Red Sox are leading the ALEs at 10 and 6. Nobody thought they would be doing that. Um, then I'll, the AL Central, the, the division leaders, the Kansas City Royals, are 9 of 5. Everybody else is kind of just a little bit above 500 or below 500. There's truly only one team right now in the league that's running away with their division. Uh, and not really even that because they're only up three and a half games right now. But the Dodgers are we're the best team coming in baseball, and they're showing it already. They're thirteen and three. Uh, but or, what I'm trying to say is just calm down. Yeah, just calm, everybody has to calm down. We're 15 <laughs> games into a 162 game season. There's still what 146, 47 games still to go. I mean. A lot of baseball is going to be played. They're going to have their winning streaks. They're going to win five or six straight at one point. They're going to lose five and or six straight at another point. It's going to happen. There's going to be valleys and peaks. It just taken in stride. I I don't understand why people treat baseball, hockey, and basketball like it's football. Football, yes, every game truly matters. And yeah, every game matters in any professional sport, but you have some room here in the other three major sports to have those struggles. Let them happen. If they figure it out, then they'll be the team we think they'll be. If they don't, well, then we were all fooled to begin with. I.e. the Flyers. Exactly. <laughs> I.e. the Flyers. Um, but yeah, I... Don't get worried about the Phillies until at least the minute, the middle of May, if they continue to be what they are. But for two weeks in the season, the Phillies are exactly who I thought they would be. 
And that's, and that's, no, no, you hit it. You hit it on the head. I mean, I honest to God, I've turned on a couple games, you know, and like gone and done this and that. And, you know, came back to the game and if they lose, I'm like, dang, they got, you know, they got beat, but I, there hasn't been a time yet. I'm like freaking out. Like this team is horrendous because like you just said, there is a hundred and 62 games in a season. And stop freaking out about Aaron Null anytime he makes a bad start. Like that's the only thing I hate about some parts of the Philadelphia fan base is those who are uneducated in sports and jump on a player for every smallest struggle, no matter the sport. I mean, Carter Hart, even though Carter, even though in the last five games he has a ninety-one save percentage. Yeah, like, like, yeah, Carter Hart. We have seen the absolute worst of Carter Hart this year. But people are acting like he wasn't looking like an a perennial all star caliber goal. Like, is he going to be a Vezina guy year in and year out? Probably not. But how many guys in the league are there actually who are that? One, two, yeah, maybe? like three or four. yeah, three. And the only one I can think of off the top of my head, honestly, right now, is Vasilevsky. Maybe Tuka, because Tuka's always in that conversation. Too. Tuka, yeah, when Tuka is healthy. I agree. Yeah, but yeah, it's the same, and it's the same. Like it's the number one position, you know. It's the number one goalie, the number one starting pitcher, the quarterback. You know, it's in every sport they they want to to pin like Joel as well, you know, or Ben. Yeah. They want to pin it on somebody, and there's always going to be that one guy that they look and go, "See, I knew he wasn't because." People, people will honestly just a lot of the time want to. They focus on the negative and they don't go. Well, look, yeah, like for example, yeah, Carter, Carter struggled, but Carter's twenty two. Yeah, and and somebody brought up who's also in that conversation of always getting bitched about by fans. Uh, and, and here, and this is different because this guy, if he continues to play uh, for another. 10 to 15 years is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and one of the top five players in his positional category to ever play. And that's Ben Simmons. Like, nobody, like, all the Ben Simmons haters don't admit it out there. But if Ben Simmons plays at the same pace he's played his whole career for another 10 to 15 years, he's going to go down as one of the top five point forwards of all time. And one of the, and one of the best point guards of all time. Yeah, I my I mean my biggest issue is just the he's like when it comes to scoring, not even just not, like not even the jump shot. Like if I think he would help his case if he became more of a consistent scorer. Sure, you know, absolutely. Like because most of the time he's fifteen points or so a night, and you're fine with it. But when sure. he gets cold, it's like cold. Yeah, and I, I don't think Ben is ever going to be a the guy on a team, but he is an elite second guy on a te- any team. Like he, I truly believe after he retires, we're going to sit back, whether he, he played his whole career with the Sixers or half his career or whatever, we're going to be like, wow, Ben Simmons is really damn good. 
I truly believe he is. I mean, I know offensively he's not great or not what we want him to be, but he is truly one of the best basketball talents to ever step foot in this city. It's a bold take there. It's a bold take. And honestly, the second, the third, the second best talent to ever step in this city, maybe third is his playing right next to him. I'll, I'll say third because Will Chamberlain is pretty damn was pretty damn good, and Doctor J. Yeah, he was okay. Is, yeah, there's there's, there's two were so, okay. Yeah, but in I mean, the, the, this, this we could debate this all later. But yeah, calm down about Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is going to be a top ten pitcher in baseball once again this year, like he has been for the last three or four years. Uh, if I see one more person, I'm looking at you, Marcus Hayes, to say he's not an ace. I always like to say, I always love saying if I see, like, I'm about to say make some type of threat, but then I have no threat to make. But just stop bitching about the guy who's the best, one of the best pitchers we've had come through Philadelphia over the last 20 years. Like, it's him... Homegrown talents. Yeah. He's one of the best top twenty. One of the, since maybe uh, the second best since Cole, probably. Yeah, it of homegrown pitchers. It's him and Cole over the last twenty years. Yeah, and Ryan you expand that to thirty years. You're you adding Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Now, well, Kurt wasn't Kurt. Sorry, Kurt wasn't homegrown. Um. Either way, he's one of the best homegrown talents the Phillies have added regardless of any position in the last 20 years. And he's one of the best pitchers overall the Phillies have had over the last 20 years. So stop bitching about Aaron because um, the dude is an elite talent. I mean, I, I the only complaints I have is about people complaining about the Phillies. Yeah. So any other thoughts no. as we wrap this up? No, I got, I got none, honestly. I mean, we got some, we got some, um, Things coming up, you know. Hopefully, that's that's really just it. I know uh, we have a couple things planned that uh, we're looking forward to. So honestly, I can't wait for uh, those. And when we make, you know, when we can make it official, I mean, we're going. We're we going. Got all some in. Fun guests yeah, coming. we got some fun guests coming yeah. up here. Um, we will see you guys soon. And I guess to let this go, Austin, um, who? How, how many pitches? What is the most amount of pitches a giant starter will throw in this three-game series? Since Gabe Kapler is obviously managing. 85. The Giants. 85. I'll go with 90. I was going to say, it's got to be it's got to be like semi-low, but... It has to be semi-low, but we're, we're not in the first start of the season, so he's not going to remove anybody at 74 pitches. <laughs> Um, oh my god alright well I guess that's it and we'll talk to everybody soon have a good one have a good week and we'll talk to you all, all real soon